0: Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston.
1: Welcome to Kind World. I'm Yasmin Amer. And I'm Andrea Aswahe. So, Yasmin, we've got some news for our listeners. This is officially the last episode of our show. I am really sad. I'm bummed. But I'm really glad that we got to make this show and that we got to make it together. How are you feeling? I mean, I loved making the show with you. It was, it was wonderful to talk
2: about kindness for the last two years of my life. It felt like a huge privilege. I mean, who gets to do that? And I really did love the show and working with you and interacting and talking to our listeners and hearing from our listeners. And it's just, you know, it's affected my life. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're not going to talk about the show ending as much as we want to talk about how it's grown and who better to ask about that than past Kind World producers?
3: My name's Erica Lance. I produced Kind World from 2015 to 2018, and I make documentary podcasts. My name is
4: Zach Izor. I was a producer on Kind World from 2014 to 2015, and I'm now a lawyer living in North
0: Carolina. My name is Nate Goldman. I was Kind World's first producer. I am a senior editor at Medium, and I live in Brooklyn, New York.
1: And Nate actually started Kind World in 2013.
0: It started initially as a web project. It existed on Tumblr, back when Tumblr was a lot bigger than it is now. The idea behind it was just sort of short, under three-minute, non-narrated stories of kindness. I, I recorded the first one. It was the story, uh, this woman named Rebecca J. It was a story about a poetry book that she got as a kid, and it just stuck with her through 38 years.
3: And we went shopping in Downtown Crossing, and I found this poetry book. So I followed my mother around, reading, reading, and she finally was like, will you put that book back? So she made me put the book back. And, you know, I don't remember anything else until walking out the doors. It was a blur, some guy in a suit and like a big overcoat, you know, like to me, a an overcoat and a suit were kind of fancy because, you know, my dad was, you know, a boiler worker. We didn't, you know, there was no ties or anything. And he threw something in my hand, and he, you know, just went out the door. And it was a bag, and it had the poetry book. I always tear up at this, I don't know why. And he bought it for me.
0: It seems silly saying this now, but back then, I sensed that there was... A real sense of news fatigue. And so this seemed just a really great way to sort of break that up and highlight the good things that people are doing and not even the acts of heroism. I remember Zach and I had this conversation from a while back, but not this necessarily the stories of heroism, but the stories of just kindness, ordinary, mundane kindness.
4: A lot of the stories. You know, if you were to just write a sentence or two trying to encapsulate what the story was about, you might just objectively look at it and say there's nothing there. Right. I was listening back to one of the early stories and the the two sentence description would be millennial has hard time paying rent. Landlord gives extension. And like that was it.
3: If they hadn't let me rent the apartment, I honestly don't know what I would have done. It grounded me when I had nothing. It really made it feel like, if nothing else, the rug wasn't being pulled out from underneath me. Like, I had a place to be, and I knew I could make it a home.
4: But she was at such a moment in her life, and the connection between, you know, the renter and the landlord ended up becoming so deep that the tenor of the story made it worth putting on, you know, the show. Um, So. That the character of the story, you know, is really what makes it, I think. Um, I
1: agree. I think it's so much about the people who are telling the story. This season, we did an episode of a woman whose husband up and left her and her two very young children. She was struggling and a friend just kind of said, I'm going to bring you dinner.
3: Carla's
1: act of kindness turned on a flashlight and it showed me go this way. And gradually, things started lightening up around me and the path started showing around me. That's why it's so important to just do one little thing. And like you said, on paper, it might seem pretty basic, but they were both so great. (laughs) They were just so wonderful to talk to. And they were so open and vulnerable and authentic and raw. And I think that that's what made the story so great to work on one and so great for listeners.
3: Well, one thing I'll say is the thing I tried to take on when I started working on Kind World is to kind of help me think about the series. I decided, you know, these are stories of kindness, but they're actually not each of these stories. I don't want each story to be about kindness. I'd rather think of kindness as the lens to tell a story about something else. And in that sense, I think the series is really about empathy and letting listeners experience what someone else has experienced in their life. And it might be something very different from your own, or it might be something that you've felt yourself. And then there's like that sense of connection with the people around you that you see every day and the people that you're hearing on the radio or on the podcast. And that kind of helped me in terms of thinking of What are like very different versions of kindness that we can tell stories of? Because there's such a range.
2: Do you have one that particularly stands out?
3: One that kind of sticks out to me when I think about what Kind World is all about is the episode That Way Madness Lies. It was one of the earlier episodes I worked on. And it's basically about um, a woman whose mother dies. And then two weeks later, her husband dies completely unexpectedly in a plane crash and her last night with her husband, they had gone together to see a production of King Lear. And after he dies, she's in such a state of grief, having lost these two people, that she starts feeling like she's going crazy and really losing losing her just sense of self and sanity. Never, You're crazy.
0: Never, 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 never. Those mood shifts? I had to take an never. elevator up to my floor at work, never. okay? never. And I used to have the insane desire to just go up to one of these men and just lay my head against his back for a minute. I just needed some comfort. King Lear, all through the play, is described as mad.
3: I thought, I don't think he's mad.
2: I think he's grieving.
3: And so she ends up reaching out to the actor who played King Lear and they connect. Um, and then for the podcast, we, she and I ended up calling um, Peter Dona's wife, that's the actor, his wife, to talk about it and recorded that conversation too. And it turns out at, at by now he had had um, really advanced Alzheimer's. And so in some of his difficult periods, she would find him reciting lines from plays he had been in. Including King Lear and asking him, you know, are you being King Lear right now? And he was. And um, basically both this woman and then years later, the actor had found maybe some kind of comfort or connection in the story of King Lear and in those lines. And I feel like that's kind of, that episode was kind of an analogy for what we were trying to do with Kind World, which was telling stories that we connect to and can help us understand our own lives. I do want to ask this question
2: of all of you, like working on a show about empathy. So I worked on the show for two years. Andrea worked on the show for a little more than two years. And I do think thinking in that way has changed me a little bit. And I'll talk about that, but I'm so curious to know if you took lessons away from the show, or you feel like it changed your way of thinking in subtle or profound ways.
0: When I, went out to record, you know, these episodes, one of the questions I would always ask is how has this moment of kindness impacted you? Have you carried it with you in some way? And their answer was invariably le- yes. And that sort of taught me that you really have no idea what's going on in someone's life and what's going on in someone's world. And it's remarkable how much the small things really do have these, like, resonating effects. You know, how much a small thing stays with someone and means more than the sum of its parts. And so I have, I know, very deliberately made an effort to keep up with the small things, at the very least, because... I've learned how much of an outsized impact they can have on someone.
4: In addition to all of that, I'll say as tough as it was to find some of these stories early on, the people who participated were so eager to share what had happened to them because they carried a hope that in doing so there would be a ripple effect. And one of the biggest things that I took away was just that, you know, the best way to honor the vulnerability in these stories and people's willingness to share something that often was just so personal was to try to not only disseminate the story as widely as we could, but then just in our own lives to try to pay it forward.
2: Just to echo both Nate and Zach, Nate, like I've, I've really noticed and I've been hyper aware of, of how the little things matter. Um, because I think beforehand, before working on the show, it's just so easy to forget. But but then you are reminded of these stories where someone was really struggling with like grief or or a loss of some sort, or they're just having a bad day. There's a woman who remembered like these little trinkets that would show up at her door from 10 years ago when her daughter was really sick. I mean, she was just facing profound hardship.
0: And we, we opened the door and there was a package on the doorstep. And it had some, um, the basket with some pears and had a little partridge ornament in it. And we were just so delighted and so surprised um, and thought that was really cute. And then the next day, there was another ding-dong, you know, ditch where they rang the doorbell and they ran away. And they left another little gift.
2: You know, she called me a decade later to tell me about it. So... That was a good reminder that being thoughtful and like helping people be seen or just seeing people is is a really core part of life. And the impact is much bigger than you think it
3: is. I agree with all of that. And one thing that hit me when I was working on the series is how kind some of these people were I was talking to, how they really had done something that was not easy or was kind of out of the way. And they made me reflect a little bit on myself because I really value kindness. I like, I try to be nice to people. I try to be sensitive to how people are feeling and what, you know, all of that. But how often am I really like inconveniencing myself to truly step up in a challenging way when it might even be unpleasant to do so? And the reality is, like, I don't know how often I do that. Certainly not often enough. I think it made me realize how it's so easy to be complacent and it feels especially important right now where, you know, especially for people who have any sort of privilege, it's easy to just feel like I'm a nice person and I have the right opinions or I, I believe in the right things or the right causes, but it does sometimes take kind of pushing yourself to go a little farther to do the uncomfortable thing.
1: I think that's something that I've, I've taken away is that kindness is active. You can't just like hope to be empathetic or kind. You have to actually do something and work at it. And you have to continuously work at it to change your own mindset. And I think that has really affected me. Another thing is that people are really trying their best. That might sound very Pollyanna of me, but I really do believe that. And I feel like Our show is evidence of that and for that mindset.
3: I think these kind of stories just like really create a sense of unity. And I actually had forgotten about this, but this conversation reminded me. I remember one tweet early on when I was working on Kind World. Some guy listening to Morning Edition, um, you know, his local news station, heard a Kind World story and um, started crying And just looked over to the woman next to him, stuck in traffic, like totally stopped um, trying to get into work uh, on the highway. And she was also crying and she mouthed at him NPR and he nodded. And I just felt like they were both having this experience together, like in their own little cars. But it led to this moment of connection between the cars and traffic, which is, like, can be so maddening in the mornings. Um, And I just really liked that image because I think that's what it was about. Like, we're in our own little cars, but we can still feel connected to each other. And finding ways to do that on the radio, whether it's with Kind World or just in some other way, I just love that.
0: The show became something so amazing. I mean, from Zach's tenure to Erica's tenure to Yasmin, Andrea... I listen to it like when I'm down. I listen to it when I want to feel good. So many stories resonate deeply with me. And it's just been such a joy to listen to Kind World over the last seven years. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much to Erica Lance, Zach Ezor and Nate Goldman for joining us this episode. And thank you, our listeners. You've made this whole journey incredible for all of us here at Kind World. We will miss you so much. But remember, our stories are still in your feed for whenever you feel like you need a little inspiration or just a reminder that there's a lot of good in the world. So Go back and listen. Kind World
2: has been a production of WBUR, Boston's NPR station. Paul Vikis and Matt Reed have done our outstanding sound design. And a huge thank you to all of the WBUR engineers who've helped us make our show sound so beautiful. Sophie Eisenberg has been our WBUR fellow. And a special shout out to all of the interns and fellows throughout the years. You've been wonderful. Catherine Brewer has been our terrific managing producer and editor. And the one
1: and only Iris Adler has been our executive producer. I'm reporter and producer Yasmin Amr. And I'm reporter and producer Andrea Aswahe. On behalf of all of us on the team, past and present, thank you for listening.